By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 107.1. You know what, Shelley? What? We've got all these Brad. eves we just recently went through. Went through Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. You know what today is? Something Eve? Yeah, it is. It's an Eve. Snowmageddon Eve. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if you've seen the forecast, I've seen anything from 5 to 12 inches of snow. We're talking about the storm that's supposed and to this hit. this is just for Missouri, right? Well, this is just for the St. Louis area. Five, okay, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I've seen all these different forecasts. Oh, matter of fact, Dave Murray says three inches of snow, and then I read somewhere else. I can't remember. On one of the websites, they were saying that, Hold on. I think it was like actually something like some official site, you know, like the Missouri Department of of Natural Resources or something. No, who would it be? It'd be Depart- Department of Public Service. You know, warning that there could be 12 inches of snow in the St. Louis area. Okay, here we go. <laughs> you know, and it'll be like Sunday where, okay, we're supposed to have snow. What happened? Where'd it go? I didn't see it. Did you see any snow? Did you see snow on Sunday? No. I didn't either. I'm going like, oh, now. I'm being the weather nerd that I am. I looked at a radar, and the reason we didn't have any snow is because it went to the north of us. Once again, here's Brad's easy, easy, easy peasy weather forecasting. Everything comes from the southwest, goes to the northeast. Depending upon how far north or how far how far south it is, depends on how much snow we get, if any. And that's another one that the people to the north of us, he went out to Hannibal and places like that, they got quite a bit of snow. Chicago, lots of snow. St. Louis area, St. Charles, Franklin, Warren, St. Charles County, Jefferson County, nothing. At least nothing I saw. Anyway, everybody's, you know, and once again, the stores are going to be packed. You know, I mean, God. You know, I am still bleeding from my hand. That doesn't surprise me. It I don't pretty, know what's uh, going on with that. Vicious. I mean, you know, I told the story. I'm doing my laundry on Sunday. And as I'm sorting my laundry out, putting it in my various milk crates. Yes, I use milk crates for my for my clothing. <laughs> I'm 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 pulling the stuff out. Of, I just pull it out of the dryer, and I'm pulling stuff out of my one milk crate where I put all the stuff in. I have the very I, they're all color coded. I have this very scientific way I do my laundry, and I'm going like, man, I I didn't put this in long enough. The this my you know my tidy whities are still wet, and I'm pulling them out, going well. And then finally look at my hand. I got this cut on my hand. I'm bleeding all over my underwear. Not the underwear I have on, underwear I'm sorting. It's still, I, it, you know, God, I don't know. And it's, and you got, you laughed at me yesterday when I said it was in my knuckle cleavage. I did. Okay. Next hour, I could have an, an extremely insightful discussion with you about that. Knuckle cleavage? Just cleavage in general. Okay. Okay. It's 617. <laughs> no, seriously. Wow. Okay. It's, it's 617. This is BS.show. Uh, you can check us out on the web at BS.show. Yes, that's it. And uh, something else I want to say about that. Oh, you know, have you seen have you seen any of the the presidential spokespeople lately? It's not just KJP, no. but it's like some of the other people. They are just getting questioned to death about the confidential documents, and they won't say a thing. You know what I mean? They're just yeah, like. I do know. Matter of fact, on MSNBC, which is, uh, I, I read the story last night and listened to part of the audio, and it was sort of funny. On MSNBC, which is is uh, you know obviously trending more Democratic than Republican. The morning show is, uh, what's her name? Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough, who are now married. 
And they had this spokesperson on for the president talking about, you know, the confidential documents, blah, 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 blah. After the interview was over with the guy, they figured that they asked him 34 times about the documents and he dodged the question 34 times. Wow. I mean, why even? That takes skill. I know. Why even go? (laughs) Why even go on TV if you're just going to, you know, like, you know, you could just say, I'm sorry. We, We hear your request. We're, we're declining your request. We're not sending a spokesperson. No, they send a spokesperson who gets asked 34 times by, and that was interesting, Joe Scarborough says, you know, he did a real good job. Okay. Okay, he did a good job defending the president. That, that's the point he was making. He, oh, the, he, oh, okay. Yeah, the guy, the guy did a good job at evading the question. You know, and it's interesting because if you've ever in a situation like that where Unfortunately, I have been in that situation dealing with governmental agencies, and you just can't get an answer. You know, you ask them, you know, blah blah blah. Oh, by the way, we got to talk about this next hour. I got to find this article again. The mayor yeah. of the mayor of of Washington D.C. You're not going to believe this story. There, the federal government still has. I don't know. I didn't realize this. I thought it was just certain agencies, but most of the agencies, the people used to come to D.C. every day to work in their office. Most of them haven't been there for over two years now. They're all working from home. And the mayor from D.C., you're not going to believe what she wants to do. (laughs) It's kind of like, okay. Uh, What does she want to do? We'll talk about it next hour. (sighs) (laughs) And tomorrow, if he doesn't cancel, I have a very interesting guest on this morning, tomorrow morning, who, quite honestly... There are going to be a lot of people that are not going to like this guy. But he's a really nice man. <sighs> I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to say I already that... know he's a nice man because I know who it is. Who do you know who it is? Give me the initials. Uh, JC. No, 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 no. He's, he's, he, I'm recording him tomorrow at nine o'clock. He's not a guest on the show. Oh. Yes. Oh. But I have a, another guest tomorrow at 730 SH. And I'm telling you, they're going to be people. And what's interesting was he reached out to me. And and the crazy part of it is I've met him before. I know him. I met him in person. I sat with him for about, this is years ago, probably a couple hours, had a meeting with him. And then he got himself into some real deep trouble. And all I can tell you is he's freshly out of prison. So... And he's written a book, and he's promoting his book. He's a local guy right here in the St. Louis area. You mention his name in certain circles, and people go ape poop. You know what I mean? They, mm-hmm. they don't like him because of some of the things he's done in the past. But matter of fact, it's going to be interesting. So, um, and, and you know what's interesting? He, what? He couldn't have been nicer to me. I mean, and to the That's point— That's what I just said. Well, but, but once again, you know, I mean— People aren't going to like it, you know, but, but what's interesting is I think it's fascinating what he's going to talk about. What is he going to talk about? Essentially getting caught with your hand in the cookie jar and then life after. That's, Mm. that's essentially what he's going to talk about. So anyway, you know, it's, I'll put it this way. It's going to be one of these interviews either going to go really good or really bad. And it's not going to be anything in between. It's going to either be, you know, me saying, you know, I think you're a terrible person, 
and I can't even believe I'm interviewing you, or I'm going to be, you know, hey, you want to be a third member of the show? It's going to go one of the two, one of two ways. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, this is my two hours of therapy. It really is. It's my two hours of therapy. I don't have to pay anything for it to a certain extent. We get paid because people are buying ad- ads in the station. We appreciate everyone who listens. Uh, we do. We're trying to do some different things in the radio business. If you know what we've done with, with our other station, it's now turned into podcaster. It's 24-hour a day, seven days a week podcasts. I've had some real... And there's another interesting thing. There's a lady. who Her name is Gina Grad, G-R-A-D. You probably do not know who she is. She's a big personality in Los Angeles. Recently got fired from one of her jobs, a high-profile job in the podcasting business. Matter of fact, we'll talk about that next hour. Man alive, just yesterday, all these companies, all these big companies, layoffs, 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 layoffs. I mean, it's to the point where, and you know what the interesting thing is? They're all talking about, well, the recession's coming. I'm thinking, isn't it already here? Didn't we already have, you know, the textbook definition of recession is two two quarters back-to-back with negative economic growth. I thought I thought we already went through that. You know, we got inflation, we got this, we got that. Uh, anyway, um, she's out on Twitter saying she's looking for podcasters to interview her. So I DM'd her, and she does not respond to me. I DM'd her twice. I'm going like, okay. What'd you say? I said, hey, babe. Oh, please. <laughs> You're looking very attractive today. <laughs> yeah, you, you looking sharp. You're looking sharp. What are you wearing right now? No, that's not what I said. <laughs> I said to her, I said, I said, hey, I saw your post. I DM'd her. I said, I saw your post on Twitter. Would love to interview you on on our one radio station as a live interview and the other station as a recorded podcast. Are you up for that? No response. And I sent another, another. Now, maybe it takes her a couple days or something like that to respond. But why would you put on there, I'm looking for podcasters to interview me and then not respond? You know what I mean? If she doesn't like our stations, she could just say, hey. There's no way I'm going on that station because the call letters your one station are crap. I'm not going to talk on crap, you know, but hasn't happened. So we'll just have to see what happens with that. You know, what's fascinating about this, Shelly and I I have had this conversation. There's all these people that want to promote their business. And then we say, hey, we'll put you on our podcast. Well, I, I I don't know what I'd say. What do you mean you don't know what you'd say? Well, I, I don't know what I'd, I, well, uh, is this going to be like for 10 minutes? Yeah, about 10, maybe 12, maybe even 15 if it goes well. Oh, uh, I, I can't talk that long. I mean, come on. I mean, who can't talk about their business for like 10 or 12 minutes? You know what I mean? I do. I, I, don't, I don't quite understand that. If you have a good business and you're running it, you can say, first of, you know, first part would be how you got started. Hey, how did you get into this business? Well, my brother and I, you know, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so what exactly do you do? Well, we turn truck tires into women's makeup. Okay, how do you do that? <laughs> you know, like, that sounds pretty interesting. You know, well, you know, now, how, you know, how are you marketing that? Well, uh, we do nothing but buy radio ads because we don't believe in that new media. We don't believe in that social media. Hey, we like you even more. Hey, you know, how can we get your product? Well, my, you know, there's 10 minutes right there, right? You know what I'm saying? I do. I'm sorry. I had to I know. Cough. You just didn't want to talk with me. 
Okay. That's not true. If I didn't want to talk to you, I wouldn't have called in. <laughs> you just would have said the hell with Brad Duh. this morning, right? <laughs> not talking I'm to him. going back to bed. <laughs> yes. Nighty-night, Brad. <laughs> not talking to Brad. <laughs> we're, we're not doing that thing this morning. No. No, no, no. way. No way, Jose, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Can you say that anymore? You can't. Yeah. You know, no way, Jose. That's probably one. No of the, way, Cuervo. Yes, one of the sayings you can't say anymore. I had a friend that used to say all the time. No way, Jose. You know, and it's just like that's actually my my dad used to say well, that. Well, it's interesting because you know, once again, it's sort of a play on words. You know, a little rhyme. No way, Jose. But now, oh, that's 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 discriminatory against Lat Latinx people. And it's interesting because Latinx people don't want to be called Latinx people. They want to be called Latinas or Latinos because that's the way the Spanish language is. Yeah, the feminine and the masculine. I wonder how – God, can I tell you something? You know what sure. I did? You know what I did yesterday? God, if I tell the story on the air, I could be – What did you do yesterday? <laughs> Huh. <laughs> Come on, no, mess um, up. Um, I'll tell you off air, and then you can tell me if I should t- talk about it on air. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to move with the flow. I'll just put it that way. I'm just trying to move move what everybody else is doing. Okay, we have to take a break. Jennifer is here to give us all the information about Snowmageddon for tonight and tomorrow. Okay, you ready for that? Yay! Here we go. Six twenty-seven. Okay. Okay, why did I play that song, Shelly? Have any idea? No. I am reading a story uh, that came out uh, last week. Uh, Mayor Bowser hopes to convert empty offices into new apartments in downtown D.C. <laughs> she essentially says, she essentially says, hey, you federal office people, she wants to take businesses, both public and private, that are still having their people work from home and she wants to convert those offices into apartments into co-working spaces no into apartments people move in oh yeah she said she wants at least fifteen thousand people to move to the downtown area over the next five years that's actually not a bad idea well but but you know fifteen thousand residents in downtown within five years and 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 this is she also wants she calling on Biden to end the federal work from home or create her. She's essentially giving him she's thrown down the gauntlet. She says she wants Biden to end federal work from home or create affordable housing. So in other words, if they're not using the offices for the like, you know, and we deal with the FCC. OK, recently I have some dealings with the FCC. My guy who does all my filings for the FCC said he says. Things are really slow now. I go, yeah, I know. He goes, everybody's still working from home. I go, really? He says, yeah. He says, nobody's in their office at the FCC. I go, nobody? He goes, nobody. They're all working from home. And he says, because of that, there are certain procedures that have to be done in an office environment. And there are like a few people that come in and do this. But that's why it's like bottlenecked. Because there's things that they can do from home, but there's some things they can't. So when you're dealing with certain processes within the governmental agency, this one being the FCC, it slowed down. Now, we know this for a fact because of the fact we had an instance with another governmental agency on an application we filed that was supposed to take 45 days that took eight months. You know, you know which one I'm talking about, right? It was, it was almost a rubber stamp thing. It was like with, as a matter of fact, I think it might be an agency you used to work for, but I won't say that. Anyway, it was supposed to be like a rubber stamp deal. You file it, 45 days later, you get a response. They either say thumbs up, thumbs down, one or the other. And it took, I think we filed it sometime in February of last year. I think we finally got approval in November. 
So how many months is that? Ten months? Something like that? Nine months? A lot of months. So you're off mic again. What'd I know. You, what'd you do? Um, here's part of the story. Since the rise of work from home during the COVID-19 pandemic, Washington is among many American cities that have wrestled with vacant office space while simultaneously battling a lack of affordable housing. Washington Mayor Muriel Bowser called on President Joe Biden to either end work-from-home uh, telework policies for federal government employees or turn over vacant government buildings into the nation, in the nation's capital for housing to move 100,000 new residents into the city. <laughs> the federal government accounts for one-third of properties owned or leased in Washington and a quarter of the city's pre-pandemic jobs. So one-third of the offices in D.C. are owned or leased by the, the, the government and a quarter, 25% of the city's pandemic jobs are uh, pre-pandemic jobs are in D.C. And she says the city is utilizing tax breaks to encourage the conversion of vacant office buildings as a solution to the lack of housing. But Bowser says Biden needs to help. Quote, we need decisive action by the White House to either get most federal workers back to the office most of the time or to realign their vast property holdings for use by the local government, by not-profits, by businesses, and by any user willing to revitalize it. She says there are 25,000 people who currently call downtown D.C. home. She says the city will add another 15,000 residents over the next five years and 87,000 more before it's all said and done. Currently 90, get this. Currently, 92% of the central business district consists of commercial space. Residential space only accounts for 8%. Like, there's nobody living downtown in D.C. That's according to Bowser's Housing and Downtown Abatement Program, which the mayor's office seeks to encourage a rise in new residential conversion projects. Okay. Um, can you believe that? She wants to put 100,000 people in downtown D.C. She wants to put them into federal buildings. Can you imagine, you know, like, you, you know, like a guy meeting a girl and... And you know, he says, "Hey, want to come over?" Here's to my... a story of a girl. <laughs> yeah, hey, want to come over to my place there in D.C.? And she goes, "Where do you live?" I live in the Treasury Building. What? You live in the Treasury Building? Yeah. Actually, I, <laughs> I think that's actually a, a beautiful idea that she's got because well... those buildings, those federal buildings that they're they're referring to, are beautiful. Well, but and they're built to withstand nuclear blasts. Yes. You know what I mean? They're like, and they have. I mean, let's let's just go where the party is. Well, see, I to a certain extent, what's interesting is Muriel Bowser is a Democrat. Okay, what she started doing is she started thumbing her nose at the Democrats, going, "I go, okay." And see, the other problem she has, it's the exact same problem in downtown St. Louis, the exact same problem in Clayton. Okay. Pre-pandemic, there were places, although they're knocking them down left and right in Clayton, but there were restaurants and companies that catered to the business people that came to Clayton. Do you know that like the, all those Centene buildings they built, they're almost all vacant now? Almost all that the, doesn't surprise Almost me. all the Centene people work from home. Matter of fact, you know that Centene owns uh, Ritz? I, I'm the one that told you that. And, I know. And they tried to hide that for a long time. Yeah. And, and the reason was, Never hide that. you know you know how they got caught at that? The Post-Dispatch people picked up on that. Really? Yes. They apl- Aren't they sleuthy? No, no, no. I mean, this is this is, this is is good journalism. Because, oh, okay. Then, be- then they were sleuthy. Oh, they were sleuthy because they looked at all the people who filed. You act like that was a word. No, it is, it is a word. They worked, They looked at all the people who filed for tax abatement 
are, are, are adjusting their, their real estate taxes. You can do that in most counties. If you get the tax bill and you go, I don't, that's too high. You can actually go through a formal process of appealing your, 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 uh, you know, appraisal, your tax appraisal of your house. They saw the, the post-dispatch saw that one of the attorneys for Centene appealed the property tax uh, assessment for the Ritz Carlton hotel. And they go, well, no, hold on a minute now. Why is a Centene attorney appealing the property tax appraisal for the Ritz-Carlton? And then they dug deeper and through all these crazy little LLCs, they own it. And when they finally, you know, contacted somebody at Centene, a public, you know, per, the, the PR, the comms person, and they, they were, you, know, you know what the answer was? I we, don't. We have a lot of people to come in from out of town. We just decided to buy the hotel. It would be cheaper. Yeah, right. You buy the most expensive hotel in the entire St. Louis area. Well, maybe maybe second only to Four Seasons. I don't know. The you know, Four Seasons and the Ritz-Carlton are both like the creme de la creme of hotels, right? I mean, that's the like The Danielle wasn't bad. Well, it's gone now, Shelly. I know. You can't live in the past. Shelly brings it up I all the time. I absolutely can live in the past cuz that's what I do. You know, that was a favorite of the record people. I do. Yeah, cuz they'd go over there and snort cocaine. Oh, they would not they stop would it. Do. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna punch him. Trust me. Head. Hey, I'm Wayne. Come on over to my hotel room at the Danielle. We'll snort some cocaine, man. We'll do some That's lines. They... We'll stop we'll, it. We'll have a snowstorm in our room if you Brad. know what I'm saying. What? What? <laughs> what? Um. S. T. F. U. Let me think. Single, terminal, financial, unambiguous. Uh huh. That was it. Is that what it is? Right on top of. What it. does that mean? <laughs> I have no idea what that means. No, going back to this, the problem is that all the ancillary—is that a word? Ancillary businesses. It is, but you're not using it correctly. <laughs> I don't think I am. You think but you're right? All, bravo. All the businesses that make money off the people coming into work. They're, they've gone, gone, gone out of business. I mean, which is sad. You know, and once again. It is sad. I'm saying, I know it's nice to be able to work from your house. It's wonderful, blah, blah, it's blah, blah, It's actually not nice. Well, see, you and I are the same. I, 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 if, if I gave. I mean, it is nice, but no, no it's it, not my preferential way to uh, work my day. To me, there's something about going into an office where you're there, you're there to work, Okay. Yes, I, I am know. not, I have very, very little self-control. Matter of fact, if you want me to tell you what happened. Clearly. Me, oh, no, no, seriously. I have little, little yeah, self-control. I know. Okay. You know how I lose weight? Yes. I've done this several times. I yes, have, you have. I have no food to eat at my place. Nothing. No. Well, there's, I don't know. But... There's nothing to eat at my place. And matter of fact, ever right now, there's normally Except little. Except for, there's not even party cakes? Nope. Matter of fact, I'm out of Little Debbie's. I have nothing here. Nothing. I, I, I'm. I, I, I actually don't know if I can go on today. I, I you know, it's t- you, for you, for me. I mean, no party cakes. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I was going to get you a box like I did fall cakes. Yeah. But then I thought you were going to be a big baby about it, so I didn't. A big baby? What do I do? Eat them right in front of you? No. Oh, okay. Well. Why do you keep on getting me things? <laughs> yeah, don't see. I, I'm fine. You don't. People don't have to give me anything. You know, I'm. I'm just perfectly fine. Why don't you just let people do what they want to do? I. I don't. I don't. Uh, 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 but, uh, I don't. I don't need anything. I everything. I. Every, it doesn't matter whether you need it or not. People I have, want to do things for you. No, Brad. I have everything I need in life. Everything I need in life. 
Except that Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> I need that Ferrari. No, I, got, I have everything I need. I mean, what more do I need? I mean, I've got, I've got you. I've got this radio show we do. I've got a transmitter site. You know what? You know what I just realized? What? We're back off the air on, on we're talking to no one. I'm pretty sure. Can you listen to 1071? I hear you on the air. We're on the air? Yeah. You see, you hear me on the air? I do. Okay, my monitor link's still down again. What is going on with this? You really hear me off air? Yes, Brad. Hold on a minute. I have to make a phone call. I'm looking up at my monitor and it's dead. Hold on. Let me do this real quick. Hold on. I just looked up at my monitor link and I'm going like, okay. I have a visual display that shows our modulation. These, you know, the tubes. I mean, the little little bar graph bounces up and down. We don't have tubes anymore. Stop it. I mean, well, there there are some tubes. Hold on a minute. Yeah, but we don't Hold have them. Hold on. I'm going to pull my earphones on. Put okay. your earphones on. I'm calling somebody who lives near the transmitter site. I don't, sometimes, not that I don't trust you. Do you hear me okay? Are we on the air? Okay, text me back, okay? Okay, bye. Secret. Feel listen. better? No. The answer was, I don't know. <laughs> it's probably because they were asleep. So you hear us off air right now? Yes, Brad. I'm, I'm listening to, a, to us like I do every day. And you're listening on a radio? No, seriously. Ask me one more time. You're listening on a radio? Yes, Brad. Okay, my monitor must... See... I don't know what's going on with our internet connection. Here, here's a good thing. Yes. Why don't you say the F-bomb, and we'll see how many, if you're on the air or not. Yeah? We'll see how long it takes for the FCC to call me? Yep. <laughs> I think I'll pass on that. Oh, <laughs> but then you'd be on the air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> someone's someone's texting me. Uh, you are on the air. Well, <laughs> why... Uh, Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, I'm a little bit frustrated by the fact that you know, we'll we'll talk about it later. Okay, it's six forty six. It is BS dot show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Six fifty. It is a Tuesday morning. It is Snowmageddon Eve. Right. <laughs> We're getting ready for what? Anywhere between three and twelve inches of snow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Get this. Okay. Mike what? Otten sent me this. Sort of interesting. I'm a car guy. Ford, yeah, I'm a card guy. I didn't know that. Ford is offering customers $2,500 not to order a Bronco. Okay, what kind of shenanigans is that? Okay, the problem is the Bronco has been extremely popular. They've had okay. they've had issues getting the things built. They've had issues, uh, you know, with parts and things like that. They have so many orders in the order chain. They are offering customers, if you have a Bronco on order right now, they're offering you $2,500 toward uh, any other vehicle besides a Bronco. Okay. And they're, they're offering this to all the customers who are on who have ordered a Bronco. And it says your customers who don't they want They haven't gotten it yet. They haven't gotten it yet, exactly. 
because they're saying supply chain and production, you know, snaggles and stuff like that. Is snaggles a word? Anyway. Snaggles. It is now. I'm, I'm adopting it. <laughs> I think that's a that's a cartoon character. Isn't, I think it's like some kind of no. line. Snaggles the lion, I think, is snaggles. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah, I'll look it up. Okay, let me do this Whatevs. one. Customers who uh, remove constrained or customers who don't want to modify their reservation will have to accept one of four options. As mentioned, there's the $2,500 rebate. Customers can also just cancel their reservation and get their original $100 deposit back. Third, they can try to find a suitable Bronco at a dealer that happens to have one. Or finally, they can just cancel their order and place a new one for a 2024 Bronco. <laughs> uh, so this is like uh, playing games like on the airlines. It says, if we are not able to schedule a reservation or order for production, it will be canceled for the 2023 model, and their $100 reservation deposit will be refunded automatically. So in other words, if, if, if you don't agree to one of the four things, they're just going to say, hey, guess what? You're out of line. You know, you're off the, the, the waiting list, and here's your 100 bucks back. Uh, That's one, illegal, isn't it? Get this. One problem with all this is no one can order a new Bronco right now. While the configurator remains active, Ford's consumer site also says, due to high demand, the current model year 2023 Bronco is no longer available for retail order. Limited inventory may be available at selected dealers. There's also no way to order a 2024 Bronco through the site just yet. Ford's site also says, Bronco supplies are limited and there are no guarantees. You know what? What? See, this is what I find fascinating about the economic times we're in right now. On and one that? on one hand, people, oh, it's so tough. Nobody has any money. And right now in the car business, I watched a video of a guy yesterday taking deliver a uh, delivery of his new Lamborghini. Hmm. Guess what the sticker price one was? A new Lamborghini. Uh, two ten. Two what? Two ten. Two hundred ten thousand dollars. Yeah. You're a little bit low. Really? Two point nine million. <laughs> a little bit low. Two point nine million. Now, what's interesting is this was actually sort of fascinating because I've never seen this before. You know, once again, I watch these YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. They ship the cars in a box, literally a big monster shipping crate. If you can imagine, think about how big a shipping crate would be. Now, you know, Lamborghini is not a huge car, but it's long and it's wide. Obviously, it's not very tall. So the, the the video starts out with this guy at the Lamborghini dealer in Salt Lake City, and here comes a flatbed truck with a big old packing crate on the back of it. They bring out a forklift from the service department at the Lamborghini dealer. They pick up the, the box with a forklift. I'm thinking to myself, boy, don't you hope that forklift doesn't tip over? <laughs> I know, can right? Can you imagine that? They, wow. fork, they fork it off the truck and the hydraulics go bad on the forklift. And boom, the thing smashes on the ground. They pick the thing off the truck. They, they put it on the ground at the dealership right in front of the showroom. And they have a bunch of guys with screw guns take the screws out of the packing crate. First off, they take the top off, you know, and they have to be very careful not to let anything fall on the top of the Lamborghini. They have like, there's like 10 guys working on this box. Literally, guys with all these screw guns. They're pulling all those screws. Okay, they take the top off. And then they take one side of it off. And here it is, Lamborghini. And it's and inside the packing crate, it's got a car cover on it. And it's it's got these these anchors, and it's it's ratchet strapped down to the base of the of the of the you know of the 
crate, you know, like the like big old monstrous skid, whatever you want to call it, pallet. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So basically, it's a shipping crate. Yes. And then they slowly take the screws out of the sides. They take the you know the top off first, and then the front, and then they take the other front, uh, the other back off. So and then they have all these guys holding the two sides because with the two with the front and back, the two sides are sort of like just not very well supported. So then they you know they have a bunch of guys holding up each side. Then they have a bunch of guys, more guys who are taking the screws out of the packing crate. Packing crate. They take the one, the one down, and then they take the other side down. So now the thing's on this skid, and it's maybe about eight or nine inches off the ground. They built these long wooden ramps that are literally like 20 feet long to slowly move the Lamborghini off the the packing crate into the the um, showroom floor. And a guy from Lamborghini is there to supervise this. He's literally there to make sure, and he's telling them how to unpack the packing crate. Now, take these screws out first, do this second. And then he's there to supervise and make sure that the Lamborghini comes off the packing crate. Now, once again, we have a problem where oh, nobody, nobody has any money. Nobody. This guy paid cash for this car, $2.9 million, okay? Mm-hmm. We have people, Broncos. I don't think you can buy a Bronco for under $50,000. I think the base Bronco is like $52,000. They go up from there. Okay, so once on one hand, what do we hear in the news all day? Oh, it's terrible economy. Things are bad. And there's people with cash buying crazy stuff. Right now, you can't get a new Corvette. There's a waiting list for the Corvette. The problem that Chevrolet has had, and they still have this problem, on the most the most anticipated Corvette, the Z06, because they pretty much have pretty much hinted that this is going to be the last high-performance internal combustion Corvette ever made. And the new the new um, Joe Biden version has a safe in the back where you put your confidential doc- documents. <laughs> You're funny. I'm sorry. Anyway, no, you're not. Anyway, you're anyway, like totally not even sorry. Chevrolet has put out a mandate to its dealers: no excessive price increases. In other words, some of the dealers are getting this new. You Zio's. mean they're going to sell it sticker? Yes, and and Chevrolet has warned them if they don't sell the cars at sticker, that could be grounds for them using the losing the franchise of being a Chevrolet dealer. Because this has been happening all over the country. There's been dealers who have like these cars everybody wants, like, you know, they're $100,000 cars, $50,000 dealer prep, you know, take cost the dealer, you know, the dealer's charging $50,000 for them to take it off the truck, wash it, vacuum it out, take all the stickers off and get it ready to sell. And Chevy's going like, okay, not doing that. You know, and they and and once again, then what's happening is these guys getting on the waiting list. They're buying these brand new Corvettes, literally going in. You know, wire transferring the money. Some guys literally with suitcases of cash going into the dealerships, buying these cars for a hundred, hundred ten thousand dollars. Immediately flipping them. Sometimes they're already pre-sold. So in other words, guy says, "Hey, I got. I'm on the list for a new Z06. You know, highest price wins." And there's people bidding them up, and you know, they, he has a buyer, and he has to he qualifies the buyer to make sure the buyers actually can buy the car. He's got cash. He literally goes picks up the Corvette. If it's a local guy, he delivers it to the guy. If it's a, and you know, if it's a, it's a transport. He hires a transport, and the guy in one day, the car maybe have been sold two or three times, uh, and has doubled in price. Hundred thousand dollar car becomes a two hundred thousand dollar car, and we're in tough economic times. Nobody has any money. Explain that to me, will you? Speaking of money, yes. Do you know what I heard? Well, you know what? Let's carry it over. Next hour, we've got five seconds for you to say, okay, Brad. 
We'll okay, talk. Brad. We'll talk about that next hour. Go we'll ahead. Talk about that next hour. Six fifty nine. It is BS dot show. Shelly likes that song. I do, and sometimes you know what it reminds me of. I already told you what it reminds me of the one time. What's that? But this time it reminds me of something that Leonid and Friends would be playing. Leonid and Friends. You've never listened to Leonid and Friends. Yes, I have. Have you really? Yes, you God. turned me on to them. God, there's one song with 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 the most attractive woman in the world, Cozina Bazina, whatever her name is. She sings an old Rufus song. Oh my God, she is so incredible. You know, one a of these, whole, an old what? Rufus song. Rufus Chaka Ch- Ch- Khan. Remember Chaka Khan? She's, oh, I do. Chaka Ch- Khan and Rufus. Chaka Ch- Khan was yeah. Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan. Anyway, her group was Rufus. You know how these these stars come out? It's like you know they come out as their group, and then it's like Joe Smith and the group, and then the group's gone. It's just Joe Smith. You know, and the and the rest of the guys are on unemployment, and they're all doing you know lines of cocaine in somebody's hotel room in downtown Clayton. Used to be called the Danielle. You know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to see you today. Yeah, are you going to punch in me in front of a lot of people? <laughs> you going to punch me in front of a lot of people? I am. <laughs> okay, right upside the head. <laughs> you and Brian Richardson, you know, one of the two will get a best shot at me, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, but this way I will leave a mark. I always—that's oh, what she said. <laughs> I she always did say that. I always find it fascinating that people get away that these manufacturers pull this kind of stuff on us consumers. Okay. The latest one where the manufacturers are trying to sneak something by us, believe it or not, is Fireball. You know the the cinnamon whiskey stuff? Yes, I know Fireball well. Okay, you ready for this? We go back. People buying small bottles of Fireball at their local convenience store might be surprised to learn that they're not getting the same stuff that comes from the liquor store. And the difference is at the center of a lawsuit in which a customer... The okay. First part. People buying small bottles of Fireball, you know, like what they call the airline yes. bottles, whatever, the, the 99, what? at, at their local convenience stores might be surprised to learn they're not getting the same stuff that comes from the liquor store. The difference Why? is, well, let me read this. The difference is at the center of a lawsuit in which a cust, uh, customer is suing the maker of both beverages. Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey, the hot, the, hot, the spicy hot booze sold in liquor stores, is the drink most people are, f- are familiar with. But Fireball Cinnamon, which is available at grocery stores, gas stations, and other places that are not permitted to sell liquor, is something else. The drink, which debuted in 2020, is actually a malt beverage flavored to taste like whiskey. It's sold in small bottles, usually go for 99 cents. A recent lawsuit filed against Cesarac, which makes both, claims that the convenience store version is misleading because the package is almost identical to its boozy older sibling. And one would have to older right, and one would have to read the very fine print in the bottle to know that it wasn't just a smaller version of the popular liquor. Quote, the label, the label misleads consumers into believing it, it is or contains distilled spirits, according to a class action lawsuit brought it by... It does. You are correct. An Illinois woman who claims that she purchased the small bottles assuming they contain whiskey. Malt beverages are made by fermentation and are often categorized with beer and wine. Popular examples include Colt 45 and hard seltzers. Distilled spirits like whiskey are typically more tightly regulated. The lawsuit issues uh, takes issue with the way the malt beverage versions label describes its ingredients malt beverage with natural whiskey and other flavors and caramel color the lawsuit calls this a clever turn of a phrase meant to trick consumers into thinking the drink contains whiskey and not just a whiskey flavoring shoppers quote will think the product is a malt beverage with one added natural whiskey and two other flavors the filing said 
Uh, filings cited local news stories about the appearance of what seemed to be mini fireball whiskey bottles in setting where liquor isn't usually sold, understanding its claim of a common misconception. And talks about the guy who filed this um, lawsuit, which can, uh, claims the company violated uh, state consumer fraud statutes is seeking to cover anyone in Illinois, North Dakota, Wyoming, Idaho, uh, Alaska, Iowa, Mississippi, Arkansas, Kansas, Arizona, South Carolina, or Utah. Now, maybe not in Missouri. A lawyer representing uh, Marquise, uh, this gal, or this guy is Spencer Sheehan. He's a plaintiff's attorney famous for filing hundreds of class action lawsuits against food companies. Sheehan is sometimes called the vanilla vigilante for his litigation over products that contain artificial vanilla and not the real thing. His other cases have included one against Frito-Lay for not using enough real lime juice in its hint of lime Tostitos and other alleging that Kellogg's strawberry Pop-Tarts contain just as much apple and pear as they do of strawberry. (laughs) Now, once again, why do the companies get themselves in trouble doing this? Now, I have to be honest with you. I have bought those little ninety nine. I have bought those little ninety nine cent bottles of Fireball. I know you have. I've bought those before, and I've unfortunately I threw them all away because I'm thinking to myself. Matter of fact, my goal today is, uh, you know, it's weird. You threw them all away when you read this article. No, I. Threw, or you threw them all away because why? I threw them all away. I never opened them because you know liquor that touches my lips shall never touch anyone else's lips. You know, well, dude, you should have given them to me. No, I don't know. I no, I drank them and I threw the bottles away. Okay, oh, see, I'm a lush. Cl- I'm a closet drinker. I really am. I will never drink in public. You know that about me. How many times? I do. How many times have people asked me if I'm an alcoholic? I mean, it probably happens to me at least once a month. Sometimes more often than that. That's because they don't see you drink. I never drink. I never drink in public for two reasons. And you don't do drugs. You've never done drugs. I've never done drugs. Matter of fact, part of the reason was when I started out in the radio business, and I will tell this story, when I used to work, when I, I I started in the radio business right out of high school, okay? So, and I also started working as a police dispatcher right out of high school. I was part-time police dispatcher, although sometimes I'd work 40 hours a week, but that was a whole other story because guys would call in sick and I'd always cover shifts. I told you a story about one time I worked three shifts in a row. Uh, I, I worked Christmas Day, uh, Christmas Eve, eight, to, uh, 8 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. The 4 to midnight guy called in sick. Then the midnight to 8 guy called in sick. I'm there. And the lieutenant comes in. The lieutenant had staggered shift. We worked eight to four, four to midnight, uh, midnight to eight. And the and the the, sh- the police officers worked uh, seven to three, uh, three to three to what three to eleven and eleven to, to seven or whatever. Eleven to so in other seven. words, in other words, the lieutenant I had on my Christmas Eve shift shows up on Christmas morning and says to me, "Have you been here since yesterday?" I go, "Yep, I've worked a triple." So. The phone rings, and he grabs it before I can get the phone. This is Christmas morning, and he's short conversation, and he walks into my office, in the dispatcher's office, and he says, get your stuff and get the hell out of here and have a Merry Christmas. I go, I can leave now? Because, you know, it was, like, it was like an hour early. And he goes, yeah, you can leave right now. I go, well, who's going to take my shift? Or have one of the officers. I get, and he goes, that phone call was your relief. He was calling in sick. So I would have worked four shifts in a row. Okay, but I don't know how I got to that. That's okay. actually illegal. Well, this is back in the day. This is back in the day when, you know, we, you know, we had Where to. men are men and sheep are nervous. We had to wear special uniforms. Okay, but that's all another story. Okay. Special uniforms. <laughs> so, so. That was not nice. I got into the radio business 
as a 17-year-old kid, okay? Yeah. 17-year-old kid. I'm in the radio Uh business. But yet, I worked at a police department. So the word got around at the radio station that I also worked at a police department. Uh So most of the guys at the radio station would have little or nothing to do with me because they thought I was a narc. Yeah. (laughs) 21 Jump Street, buddy. Right. They thought I was a narc. Uh And, And one of the DJs, who shall remain nameless, one day sort of took me aside, literally took me into a studio where it's sort of soundproof. And he closes the door and he says, okay, between you and me, are you, are you ratting on us? I go, I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, man, we know you work for a police department. You know, I mean, are, are you like ratting us out? Because everybody at the station, everybody did drugs. Everybody. I mean, everybody on the air. Matter except fact, for you. Except for me. Back in the back studio, they had we had a pure you know, as the driven no, snow you were. We had we had a drop ceiling in one of the backs. There were drop ceilings, you know, the four, two by four, two foot by Did four you pick foot. Pick it up? No, no. The, but that's where they used to hide their dope. You know, I mean, like, I mean, I could tell you stories about guys. They didn't who, have to hide it too much. I can tell you stories about guys who still live here in St. Louis. I can tell you one guy who used to be on with J.C. Corcoran. I can tell you bizarre stories about him. I mean, really bizarre stories about him and his drug activity, stuff like so that. So John Combest and I yes? are going to write a book about you. <laughs> no, you're not. Okay, yes, no, we are. No, no, hold on, no, hold on a minute. So, so the guys I worked with you know, at the radio station, for the most part, thought I was a narc, and I never got invited to any of the parties or anything like that. Oh, you never got invited to any reindeer games. I never got invited to the Mazzola parties either, which I was really sort of disappointed. Ew. <laughs> Ew. There's a whole story behind the Mazzola parties, but we won't go into it. Again, a different time. But I have never... See, part of it was, this may be weird, I don't like the feeling when I start to lose control of myself, Okay. And but I can't stop this feeling. No, but you know what I'm saying? Can't stop the feeling. Uh, no, no, I just, I don't like that. I never have. And I, it's, it's to the point where as a young kid, I will tell the story. I've had some, I had some health issues and I was in the hospital. I don't know. I was in the hospital quite a bit until probably my, in my early twenties. Matter of fact, I'm the guy who ended up at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, who almost was killed in a hotel fire, which is a whole nother crazy weird story. Uh, but uh, I just, you know, and unfortunately, as growing up, I was on certain medications that I did not want to be on. But I was sort of forced by my mother, take that pill. I don't want to take that pill. Did you, were you on ADHD medicine? No, no. I was on, I was on, I was on stuff that I don't even think they make anymore now because, you know. Oh, was it a black box drug? No, it was just, it was just stuff, you know, it was. I had... Paragoric? Oh, my God. No, was that stuff dreamy? No. No, it's not. That stuff's horrible. What are you talking about? It I mean, will calm a baby down that's teething yeah, so will, in a moment's notice. So will a line of cocaine. You know what I mean? I mean, come on. Stop it. I mean, it you was know, fine. I mean... We gave, we gave Paragoric to the kids you, that if, is, if they were teething, if they had gas. Yeah, it's got it's got codeine or something in it. It like, makes the baby, whoa, man, I'm, I feel like I'm flying. Whoa. Yeah, we were fine. Oh, yes. Look at us. Yeah, look at us. We're the, What's wrong we're with the, us? We're the Paragoric generation. Yeah. Why are you screwed up? The 
Compulsion for children generation. <laughs> All the stuff that was bad, we took. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, like. Pre-emulsion for children. Remember, run, then there was Glovers. Then there was. Range ri- medicine. There was riding our bicycles. There was riding. Riding our bicycles behind the, the mosquito fogger. Right? Yes. <laughs> Breathing in that I DDT. I never the bicycle, but <sighs> I, we always ran behind it. Oh, everybody did. I mean. Yes. Oh, here comes. You heard the thing. Oh, I hear the mos- there's a mosquito like, fogger oh in the next street buddy. over. Let's go. Let's go outside. <laughs> it's the mosquito fogger. You know? Yep. <laughs> hey, I used to play by my house. <laughs> this give me an idea of the, the crappy neighborhoods I lived in. I used to play in the creek by my house before there was sewage treatment. The the poop was would come out of the out of people's people's you know people's uh you know houses and end up in the creek. You know, I mean that's the creeks I used to play in. Polluted as see, see once again the pendulum has swung too too far. Okay, back then, the okay. creeks the creeks. This is in St. Louis County. The creeks were not in good shape. There was pollution. You know, there were literally sewage that ended up in the creeks, in the creeks that I played around with. Okay, now the the creeks can't be clean enough. You know what I mean? To the point where the pendulum swung from the pack. The people just you know literally took their sewage treatment. You know, uh, what little they did, or if you lived in a subdivision, or if you lived next to a creek, you just you just took the pipe that came out of your, you know, out of your, that used to go to your septic tank, and you bypassed the septic tank, and it went into the creek, you know. And, I mean, I used to live in that neighborhood, okay? And now it's to the point where if you go down to the creek and the water's not sterile, oh, my God, we're going to call the EPA. The water's not sterile in the creek. Somebody dropped uh, something in three miles upstream. You know what I mean? By the way... I have to tell you, yesterday, I took McDonald between 170 and Lindbergh. Oh, my God. You will not believe what's going on over there at the, at, the, at the nuclear waste site. They are tearing dirt around like crazy. Do you know, speaking of, and I don't mean to shortchange, but do you know that big, you know, back on, um, it's called Upper Bottoms, yeah. but it's like right in front of the. Uh, the big arena. Yeah. Um, the family arena. They filled in that entire gully. Are you talking? It's like completely filled in. You talking about on on uh, between there and Fifth Street? Between there and Freedens, yes. Yeah, they're they're gonna build a they're gonna build some new new dealie down there. I mean, it's completely full. Do you know what you know what kind of hole that was? Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're I'm talking like, about. holy mackerel. Yeah, holy mackerel. Well, no, no. Going going back to the thing with with what was what was I talking about? Um, oh no, on McDonald, there's a place. If you know what I'm talking about, this is where all the pollution started. All the nuclear pollution started in Coldwater Creek. Coldwater Creek runs underneath McDonald. Remember, we talked about this before. Coldwater Creek yeah. actually starts like in Saint Anne or someplace like that. In 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 um, where Breckenridge Hills. Okay, that's where that's where Coldwater Creek starts. Okay, it goes along, it goes, it winds its way through that area south of 70. It goes underneath 70, right there. There's that big round tank that sits right there. If you're going east on 70, if you get off of the Cypress exit, you go, and then right next to the Cypress exit, there's a big round tank, which is jet fuel for the airport, believe it or not. And Coldwater Creek is I right next that. is right next to that. Okay, then Coldwater Creek goes under the airport, under the runways. Coldwater Creek is buried under the runways. It comes out right there at McDonald. Okay, and that's where all the nuclear waste was. There, there's guys. I went by there yesterday. There's guys in moon suits, 
and they're they're no. I'm I'm telling you, Shelly. Seriously. I, in moon suits, they're in moon suits. They're they're digging. I'll, I'll go by there today and take pictures if you don't believe me. They've got well, big. You know I don't believe you. They got don't big you dump trucks, and they got a railroad spur that goes back into that area. Matter of fact, it's like Checkpoint Charlie. It's all like with 12 feet tall fences with you know razor wire on top and the whole bit. There's a railroad spur that goes back there, and they've got flat railroad cars like coal. Like you know, in old days, you'd see cars that have coal on it, but they got these big fiberglass tops on them, so they close the things. They're still picking up all the nuclear waste from World War II, and they're putting it in those rail cars. And yesterday, they're putting it in in dump trucks. There's dump trucks going in and out, and all along the opposite side, that would be the north side of McDonald, there are big excavators just digging up dirt left and right in right where the ball fields are. You and I used to play on the, yes. nu- the nuclear waste ball fields. Ed's you and I- Angels was the name of my team. <laughs> right. The, the places where where I used to umpire, because that those fields were used by the ABC League or something like that, and I used to umpire over there. and thinking to myself, man, I was umpiring a nuclear waste site. That's all nuclear waste over there. It's still there. Yes. All and these that years later. Brought to light. Until in the 90s. Right. And then what happened was the stuff leaked into Coldwater Creek. And then there were a couple other places. That's the whole Jana school thing and the whole bit. I mean, it's just crazy. You know, I mean, and and to this day, then they got the nuclear waste out there in in Bridgeton out there in the, you know, in the waste dump out there off of Mo Bottoms Road and stuff like that. Then they got the nuclear waste on. on... Yes, there was actually a, it was called the Spider Park and it was in Villa Maria, which is right off Missouri Bottom Road. Right. And um, it was part of that creek. Where I and they stu- used to have mutant crawdads. I swear these crawdads looked like the lobsters in the tanks well, you at a you know Red what? Lobster. You know where all the people in radio business came from? No. They all lived along the uh, Coldwater Creek. That doesn't surprise <laughs> me. No wonder I'm here. <laughs> all the mutants came out. I want to be in the radio business. What's 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 wrong with you? I've got nuclear radiation from Coldwater Creek. Oh, come right in. We'll put I you on be in the radio business. We'll put you on the air right now. <laughs> I've got brain damage from all the nuclear waste. Oh, come right in. You can be you can be our news person. <laughs> <laughs> We're so excited to have you. Right. We, we, where you been hiding yourself? We've been looking for you for a while. I'm telling you, Shelly, they were there working yesterday. I'm thinking to myself, God. And I'm thinking to myself, literally, I'm thinking to myself, would I want to be one of these guys running the excavator or running the dump trucks? No. I don't want that job. No. You know, I mean, I hope those guys are getting paid like $1,000 an hour to pick up that dirt that's got nuclear waste in it. You know what I mean? No, yes, thanks. Do. No, thanks. Nope. You know, and then they nope. wonder why. No, thank you. And then they wonder why all the, there's still problems with Coldwater Creek. I could tell you a story, and this is a true story. I can tell you there's a creek in Ladue. Uh, believe it or not, there was there was a, a I don't know if it's still there anymore. It runs behind those houses on Clayton. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. You know the creek I'm talking about, right? I do. I know of a guy who was the CEO of a company that had their headquarters there, and and. They had a bunch of 55-gallon drums, and and they were, like, next to the creek, and the drums started to rust, and the junk, uh-uh. the, the oozy-goozy stuff, you know, leaked out of the, the drums and was going into the creek. And the CEO, this guy was the CEO of the company, the CEO of the company goes, well, we better sell that. And they sold the company rather than identify that the drums were leaking. 
they sold the company like they made they made like that doesn't surprise me they made like let's say the company was worth like 10 million dollars we're gonna say they said hey we you know what we're gonna close this division of our company and we we want a fast sale so it's valued at 10 million dollars we'll take six and somebody come oh six million oh i'll do that deal and they bought it and the other company left left town true story that doesn't surprise me. So those people in Ladue, now you know people why. People will do anything now you anymore. Know, now you know why you see the people in Ladue and they looked weird. It's not the plastic surgery. It's the chemicals in the creek. <laughs> the leotard-clad Stepford wives. Yeah, it's not the plastic surgery. Okay. That wasn't nice. <sighs> what? Yeah. See, I told you that was you. What? Yes. See, oh, hold it. Hold it. You're right. John Kennedy just called. He's He, he wants to comment about what I just said. Congratulations, butthead. He called me a butthead. Oh, God. <laughs> I like him already. It's 726. Shelly? Mm-hmm. Shelly? Brad? Guess who that was? That is so 2022. <laughs> Actually, so 2015. Well, I'll be a good boy. That was Ariana Grande. Good boy. Ariana Grande, a.k.a. the Donut Liquor. (laughs) And here I thought it was a brand new year. (laughs) It is. And she's still the Donut Liquor. Oh, Oh, stop it. You know, matter of fact. She probably doesn't even know. Have you you seen the new ads for Krispy Kreme? Is she licking them? Oh, yeah, yeah. She comes into the store. She is not. Stop it. Oh, yeah. She's the new spokesperson for Krispy Kreme. She is they not. Have, they have this shot of this Lamborghini pulling up in front of Krispy Kreme. Uh-huh. And, you know, the door opens. The gull wing door opens. And this attractive young lady walks in. You don't really realize who she is. Could I have one donut? And and you see her walk up to the counter. And, she, and you know, like shot, you know, sort of far behind. It's sort of like blurry, like shot through cheesecloth kind of stuff, you know. Shot through cheesecloth. That's so, and, so you can't see all the wrinkles. Right, and she's and she's she's looking at she's looking at all the donuts, and finally the guy comes up at the That's counter funny. and says, "Ma'am, can I help you?" And she goes, "Can I try that one?" And the guy opens the little thing, opens the you know the, the sliding door behind, whoosh, reaches in, pulls out a donut, gives it to her, and then you have a face you know face up close up of hers, and it just looks like she's going to bite it. You know she's taking it, her mouth's open, and her tongue comes out, and she licks it, and she goes. Oh my God, that's good! Mm-hmm. And she walks out of the store, gets back in her her Lamborghini. The announcer comes comes on and says, "Some people lick them, but we love it when you eat them." Yes, that's Krispy Kreme, lickable and chewable. They're the best donuts in the world because you okay, can... that was like the worst <laughs> advertisement ever. <laughs> I saw so it like last. I wouldn't sit there and go I, to Krispy Kreme. I saw it last night on the Johnny Carson show. Oh, of course you did. <laughs> Considering Johnny Krispy Kreme wasn't alive when Johnny Carson was. Krispy Kreme's been around for a long time. <laughs> I know they started back in the South. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was a bunch. It was a bunch of guys. You know. You know what they do? They'd sit around. You know this. This is how it started. I don't know if you know Ariana Grande is from the South. I don't know if you know that or not. You do know that my husband is from the South, right? <laughs> right. Well, he's probably. He's ask him if he's ever licked Krispy Kreme donuts before, because um, it's an old Southern tradition. No, it's actually not. <laughs> so stop it, being Matter of fact, matter of fact, Colonel Sanders used to say, "When I'm not eating my chicken, I'm licking Krispy Kremes." When, when I'm not licking my fingers, I'm licking the donuts. <laughs> I'm licking the donuts. <laughs> I'm not licking my fingers. I'm licking the when donuts. Krispy Kreme. Licking good chicken. It's the donuts I'm after. 
Come on, Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Hardner. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know the the buffets that all the casinos are closed in St. Louis? Do you know that they haven't opened back up? You know why that is? No. Because Ariana Grande used to come in in her private oh, plane. I thought she, you were going to tell me something that was actually I don't know and, true. And, and she'd lick the 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 the, the spoons at the da- salad bar okay. and put them back in the in the in the dressing. You know what I mean? Like they have the spoons where you yeah, you, that's you, actually you, disgusting. You ladle up. Okay, the- next please. <laughs> You don't like what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> I don't understand. Explain because to me. Because it's so 2022. What's the date today? Is today the 25th? 24th. 24th, okay. Yes. <sighs> Why? What are you waiting on the 25th for? I got a package of parts coming in, and once again, it's coming in FedEx ground. It should be there. Well, FedEx ground is different than with regular FedEx. Tell me about it. The FedEx plane dudes are like, you know, next day, the FedEx ground guys, well, we think we'll drive five miles today and we'll drive another five miles tomorrow. I'll Uh, say I'll put it on their porch, but I'm really going to put it over here by the end of the driveway. I'll I'll sit in my truck and I'll see if I can throw it all the way under the porch. And it's Mark. Oh, it's Mark Fragile. Okay. I won't throw it that hard. I'll throw it easy. Frankel <sighs> to the touch. Frank- I actually had, a, you know, men can't spell. Right. It's like a thing. Okay. And I actually, in my younger years, Tiffany was a little girl and I had a suitor that liked me. And so he sent me this, well, he brought over this cute little flower thing and then gave me this beautiful card and... It was beautiful, except for the fact that he couldn't spell. Yeah. So his sentiment was, you were like a a flower, fraggled to the thutch. Fraggled to the thutch? Yeah. So fragile to the touch is what he was saying? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I've never <laughs> forgotten that. I know. Did you marry him? He was a keeper, right? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, he was a very, very nice man. Oh, I remember that. You know that. what? That's the worst thing a woman can ever say about a guy. He was a nice guy. Oh my God, that's the worst. That's thing. not true. That is the truth. That if a, is if not a woman true. says, if a woman says, oh, he's a really nice guy, means I have no interest in him whatsoever. Uh-huh. Th- that's what. That's well, what that's that means. Just like, that's um, code. That's code. What? It's code. If a woman, if if a woman says, if you like a woman's talking about a guy, yeah, she met. I'm the pretty face, great personality girl. Oh, I'm. How do you think oh, that makes me oh, feel? He's such a nice guy. He's such a nice guy. That means she has no interest whatsoever in that guy. I mean, just absolutely. You know, Brad. No. It's true. You're a really, really nice guy. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> oh, he's such a nice guy. Because he is such a I actually do tell people how nice you are. You are a very nice human. Think about oh yeah, that you've been talking about somebody else. Talking about one of my other trombone players, Brad Buter, Brad Cox. Okay, think about all the girls, all the women you went to school with in high school, okay? Uh-huh. The guys they should have married. Are all now you know engineers and bankers and things like that. The ones True. they the ones they married instead are doing five to ten at Marion. You know what I'm saying? They're all in jail. You know. <laughs> By the way, can I tell you this bizarre, weird dream I had last night? This sure. was I I I this was so weird. I even woke up one time ago like, okay, this is a dream. I dreamed 
my wife had just been made the president of the United States. And I'm thinking to myself, so you were like the first husband. Well, but but the, here's the deal. The deal was, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, now how does this make any sense? Okay, the the transition goes from president to vice president to speaker of the house, and then it goes to I don't know somebody in the Senate, and then it goes you know blah blah blah. And remember, there was that TV show called Designated Survivor, and essentially the designated. Which I never really understood that well, show. It's 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 chain of command. Now, it's the, stupid. Well, the other you know we're going to have it come up here where where uh, next month uh, the president's going to give the State of the Union address. So everybody who's everybody is there. The vice president's there. These, you know, all the congressmen are there. All the senators. So and, will um, who's what's her name? The speaker that just got Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, she's not she's not on in the line of succession anymore. So she would not be there. No, well, no, she's a, she's a, yeah, she will be there, but she's not in the line of succession anymore. She had to be speaker. No, of the house, I know that. But she's but no longer she speaker. She will of the be house. there. It's oh, yeah. not like they took her out of. Well, maybe of her position, and then she's in the ether. No, no, she's there. Okay. Okay. So, so my dream was that I I'm, don't like her. But, I'm married okay. to the woman that all of a sudden, and literally, we are out to dinner, and a bunch of guys in suits all of a sudden show up at the restaurant. And they 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 sort of surround our table, and we're going, okay, what's this? And the one Secret Service agent says, "Ma'am, you have to come with us." And I'm going, I go, I'm going, I stand up, I go, "Who are you?" And the one guy literally pushes me down in my chair, and he says, "Shut up, butthead!" I swear to God, that's what he said. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Appropriate. <laughs> I swear, I'm thinking to myself, the guy just called me butthead. You know, this is my dream. Okay, <laughs> maybe it was John Kennedy, and he said, "Congratulations, butthead." <laughs> I don't know which one it was. Maybe so. so he you pushes me down in my chair and says, "Ma'am, you have to come with us." And she says, "And I, you know, I stand up and I get pushed down the chair. I get called a butthead." And and they say. You have to leave with us right now. We are in protective custody of you at this very moment. And they literally walk around to the table, and two agents grab her by the arms, and they pick her up, not pick her up, but like ease her out of her chair, and they escort her to the door, and I try to follow her, and a guy won't let me follow. Puts his hand in your chest. And I go, I go, what are you doing with my wife? And the guy says, your wife is now the president of the United States. I go, yes, I can get all these laws changed I want. <laughs> so You can so what? Get all these laws changed that I want. You know what I mean? Oh, and that means you can mow the lawn. <laughs> yes, I can mow the White House grass. On the super duper turbocharged. Right, because I uh, love the cut grass. Skag. Right, right. I'll be out the, there. The one that. The, the Kubota, no, the Kubota diesel powered Skag Tiger Tiger. Uh, yes. Uh, Turf Tiger too. That's what, that. that, that's what I'm on. Okay. So, so then the one guy says to me, he says, where's your car? I go, it's over there. He says, he says, we will, we will, uh, we will have a secret service agent in car in front of you and behind you. Follow us. I go, well, I'll, I, I can't not follow you if you have a Secret Service agent. And we went to some place in downtown St. Louis. I swear to God, I have this, like, this is like this very detailed dream, and I still remember every part of it. 
And we go in, I think it was the Eagleton Federal Building downtown, and there's like a secret entrance to the Eagleton Building. Matter of fact, there is down there. It's like a... Isn't that the old Mart Building? No, no, no. The the Eagleton Building is is downtown on what, Tucker or something? I don't know where it's at. It's downtown. Spruce and Tucker. No, it's not. That's the old Mart Building. No, no, no. This is a new building. This is relatively new. It's like within the last 20 years or so. That's the Eagleton Building. Oh, okay. I think it's like on 10th Street or something Mm -hmm. like that. Okay. Anyway, we go into this underground garage. And, you know, they, uh, you know, she's in this, like, this, like, she's in an SUV and, you know, and these guys literally have Uzis, you know, on, you know, with like a, with like a neck cord around the Uzis are hanging down from, from their, from their. <laughs> like a lanyard? Right. They have, no, seriously, they have one of your lanyard and, and they're blocking things off and they're escorting my wife and they get her in the elevator and I get the ride in the next elevator up and we go up to some floor way up and there's a, and we go into a courtroom and we walk up, you know, into this big fancy courtroom at the Eagleton building and we go down this hall and there's all these people in the courtroom and the mayor of St. Louis is there. Tashar is there. I swear to God, I, this is a true dream. <laughs> Tashar is there and the governor is there. And, 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 and your dream. And Bill Eigel is there and he still oh, won't, and okay. he still, and he still go. won't talk to me even though now I'm not going to be, I'm, I'm married to that the president of the United States. Yeah, the, right. And Nick Schroyer is there and he will still won't talk to me. You know, all the big muckety mucks there and they bring her up to the front of the room and this is like some high muckety muck judge. Matter of fact, I think it might have been Supreme Court judge that they flew in and he administers the oath of office to her. And I'm still going, I'm still going like, okay, I'm asking the Secret Service agents because they, you know, they have me surrounded by now. I can't get close to my wife and they have me, you know, surrounded and I'm going like, Okay, how how come she's the president? Well, and the one guy says line of succession. That's all he says, line of succession. I go, hold on a minute. She's not a government official. She's never been elected. You know, how in the world is she in the line of succession? So my wife's the president. And then once again, we go to the airport. We file. I get. And by this time, they 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 left my car down in the parking garage at the Timeless Eagleton building. I swear to God, this is a true story. This is like my crazy dream. We drive out to the airport. Air Force Two is there, not Air Force One. This is the vice presidential plane. We get on Air Force Two, and we fly to D.C., and we get out, and then they take her to the White House, and they won't let me in the White House. At all? At all. They won't let me in the White House. So what they do, just let you out on the side, outside the gate? And I woke up. (laughs) Oh, that's my crazy dream. Is that weird well, that or what? That was intense. <laughs> it was like it's like what in the world? I'm thinking to myself, I'm married to the president of the United States. Yes, yes. I can, and I'm the first husband. Yeah, I'm the first man. I'm so excited. Right, and she's the first. She's the first woman. Remember how it first, 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 first. first uh, you know, birthing person. No, first is everything now. Yep, yeah, he's. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, President, Vice President Harris is the first black, the first woman as vice president, the first black woman, the first Jamaican woman, the first woman who who says goofy things, the first woman who talks about loves white or uh, yellow school buses. Yellow school buses. <laughs> Loves them. Oh, where is... Who doesn't love a yellow school bus <laughs> Hold right it. now? Here we go. Who doesn't love a yellow school bus, right? Can you raise your hand if you love a yellow school bus, right? Just there's something about. Most of us, many of us, went to school on the yellow school bus, right? Did you hear the other day when she's exploding? What was she talking about in reference <laughs> yellow to? Yellow school buses. 
there's a yellow school bus behind her. I don't know what it was. It was some goofy event she was at. I got to get this one last week where she explains electricity. Oh, my God. This is so funny. She explains electricity? (laughs) She explains electricity. The vice president of the United States? Yes, she explains electricity. She explains how how things in our house work with electric. Thank you, Mrs. Tesla. (laughs) I'm going like, what is this? By the way, coming up next. ETW. If you're not going to believe this one, and I'm what? not making this story up, okay? Uh-huh. Microsoft is going green with their Xboxes. What, they're going to make, they're going to like paint them green? No. <laughs> the gamers are already complaining. They are, they're making the, they're trying to make the Xboxes carbon neutral. Why? <laughs> Because everybody's got to, you know, everybody's, everybody's got to go green. You know, you can't have a carbon footprint. And <laughs> I got your carbon footprint right here. <laughs> yes, I bet you do. And it's got the sole of your boot. It's going to kick my butt, right? Okay. Kind of, yes. It's, or my little hand will go around your throat. It's 746. Oh. And don't talk that way to the first man in the United States. You know, I can have you arrested by the Secret Service. Okay, it, yeah. you do. Yeah, they won't let you in, but they'll arrest <laughs> right. me. It's 740. On your, on your... Right, uh-huh. right, right, right. It's 746. What? I'm sorry. I had to throw that in. It felt ac- apropos. Okay, uh, my dream I've described the last break. The smartest woman in the world has analyzed it. I don't know where she gets this from. You ready for this? I, my dream because is, she's the smartest woman in the world. She is the smartest woman in the world. She knows everything. She and, really does. And to the point where, to the point where um, she's analyzed my dream. I don't know where this came from. I dreamt that my wife became the president of the United States. And here's what she says. Being married to the president dream indicates conflicts within your own self. Duh. You do not care what others think or say about you. Duh. You're feeling anxiety about having to start over begin something from scratch. The dream is an indication for unresolved problems. You need to confront the issues and stop relying on outside help. Don't search for answers where you know you will find the same old questions. Look someplace new. If you truly want a fresh opinion on the matter, you need to ask someone with a fresh perspective. Don't be afraid of approaching different people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have that chance tomorrow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interview someone. And I'm going to ask him what I should do different in my life. And we'll see what he says. I would do that. (laughs) See what he has to say. Right. And especially with his background. Okay. Hmm. Here we go. Xbox becomes the first, and they call this carbon aware console. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. (laughs) The woke brigade is after video games. Okay. Modern Xbox consoles will soon have a new default setting that regulates the video game system's power usage to protect the environment. I'm not making this up. This is according to a press release from Microsoft's Xbox Wire. Quote, Xbox is working to reduce our environmental impact to help us reach Microsoft's goal of being a carbon negative, water positive, and zero waste company by 2030 by rethinking how we design, build, distribute, and use our products. Xbox say they are focused on carbon emissions in homes of our fans. According to the release, quote, we will not only hold ourselves accountable to the carbon emissions in the production and distribution of our products, but to the emissions created with the use of our products in the homes of our fans as well. The press release noted that the consoles become carbon aware via a software update. Being car- quote, being carbon aware means reducing carbon footprint by optimizing updates and downloads to run at a time when the console use can, can use the most renewable energy. <laughs> Are you ready for more? 
Uh, no, I'm, I'm kind of bored. <laughs> Here we go. Starting today, Xbox insiders will notice that their Xbox Series XIS consoles automatically update to the shutdown energy-saving power option. This one-time update to your power settings will reduce your power consumption while your console is off and will not affect performance, gameplay, or your console's ability to receive overnight updates to systems, games, or apps. We're improving the gaming has, uh, has we're, uh, uh, Xbox is aware of the impact gaming has on the environment. And we can't do this alone. We must work together with our players, developers, studios, and the industry if we're going to help reduce gaming's impact on the environment. <laughs> it's more of a um, an emissions when the gamers are in, their ga- in the middle of their game and they can't now, stop. Get this. That, that's. You know. Some 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 gal who is a video producer who specializes in producing videos around Xbox and podcasts. She does podcasts and videos. She's like she has a popular channel about reviewing Xbox and stuff like that. And her quote is, "You ready for this? Pretty funny." Sure. <laughs> this decision was mostly li- likely made in one of the company's private executive jets. <laughs> I don't even want to know. As they're flying around the country, spewing out all these carbon. Okay. Yes, and, yes, yes. How and, funny. And, and then Senator Ted Cruz, he says, first gas stoves, then your coffee. Now they're gunning for your Xbox. Greta. Hey, how is Greta now that she got um, arrested and it carried was, away? It was fake. You know, it, was, it was? Yeah, well, yeah, it was fake. The whole thing was, you know... I told I told the story recently. Remember, I told the Michael Brown story on the air, and I had like I had three or four people contact me. I, I think it was like four different people. Two of them said I was full of you know what. Two of them said that was fascinating because I told the story. This is the Monday after the Sunday. Michael Brown was killed yes. on a, was killed on a Sunday. I'm up there in 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 Ferguson on a no, Monday. Co. I'm up there on a Monday. Okay. I'm at the quick trip that they burnt down. It's gone. They, they, you know, they tore it down or something. I think there's a Goodwill building there or something like that now. I don't know what's there. I haven't been by there in a while. And the police are in one. The police are in the parking lot. There's probably 100 police in the parking lot at the quick trip. You know, it's all burnt out. It's all, all you know, it's literally, it hadn't been boarded up yet. And the gas pumps are still there in the whole bit. And there are like a couple hundred, maybe three or 400 people on the other side of West Florissant. And the people in West Florissant are standing around doing nothing. People, cops are standing around doing nothing. I'm in the parking lot with the cops, and I'm right next to the CNN crew. Okay, the CNN crew has a couple tents they set up, and they've got a reporter. They've got you know cameras set up and the lights and the whole bit. And there's nothing going on. The police are just all milling around, and then the cops, you know, then the protester is all milling around the other side of the street. Okay, until the reporter steps up onto the grass, and the shot is framed so that. On the left side of the screen, you see the police. On the right side of the screen, you see the protesters on the other side of West Florissant. And when she gets in front of the camera and she starts to do a report, the people come across West Florissant. And the cops all go shoulder to shoulder. And, and they're like, going to meet out in the middle. And she does her report. And she gets off the air. And she walks away from the camera. And the police go back to their spot in the quick trip. And the protesters go back to their spot on West Florissant. And everything's normal. 20 minutes later, woman goes and does another report on CNN, live on CNN. And once again, protesters start to come across the street from, from the west side. 
the cops in the QT are all, you know, they're county, they're state, they're Ferguson, all sorts of cops. They're all like shoulder to shoulder, you know, got their, got their, you know, batons out, their riot gear on there. Some of them had the plastic shields and the whole bit. And, you know, like the protest starting to yell and police are just standing there. CNN reporter on the air. She finishes her, her, her little, her little piece. Everybody goes back to normal. It's just all kabuki. I'm telling you, it's kabuki. It is kabuki. It's something. As Dan Draper would say. You're a non-believer. Why should we waste time on kabuki? That's what I say. Why? Have you ever seen that show? I've seen pieces of it. Oh, it is hilarious. Well, because they're smoking and drinking all the time, right? Well, yeah. That's all they do. I'm like, oh my God, that person reminds me of blah, blah, blah. Smoke and drink, And oh my God, that's, is that me? Can, okay. (laughs) There's Brad. I don't have time to tell the story, but. Aw. I will go on record as saying I got, for the first time probably ever in my life, I got really mad at somebody on social media. And I called them really? out. Yes, I called them out and I called them a liar numerous times. Not once, not twice, probably about 10 times. Really? Because of the fact they said something about someone that I have tremendous respect for in the radio business. What did and, they say about me? No, it wasn't you. Good line. Oh, though. Good what are you line. Though. For? They said something tremendously disrespectful about someone. They oh no, they 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 quoted someone as being not allowed to talk about something. So the amazing internet, I looked in my phone, my little phone book in my phone, I thought to myself, I wonder if I have his phone number in here. And I couldn't find the phone number. So I went out on Google and I Googled the guy's name. His air name is Johnny Rabbit. Okay. Okay. And I know his real name. Yeah. And I Googled his real name and I found a phone number and I called the phone number and I think it was his daughter who answered the phone. This is like a home phone. And I go, is Ron there? And she goes, who's calling? I said, Brad Hildebrand. She goes, do you know him? I go, yeah, I know him. He knows me. We go way back in the radio business. She says, hold on a minute. And a minute later, I'm talking to Johnny Rabbit. And I said to Johnny, there's a guy on Facebook. I told him the guy's name. He's saying this about you. And he laughed. No, that's not true. That's that's BS. Okay, fine. And we, we and I had a good 10-minute talk about the radio business. And then I'll tell the whole story tomorrow, okay? 7 o'clock. Okay. I'll, I'll tell the whole story tomorrow. Peace and I fly. And I didn't say I was going to throat punch him. Otherwise, I would have been kicked off. I knew it if I went too far. Okay, say it again. You got four seconds. Peace and I fly. Have a great day. 7.59. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive, LLC. See you soon.